Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Randy, how's it going? Hey, Jake, I'm doing great today. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I'm uh, super excited that uh, we're in the midst of tournament season right now, and it just got me really fired up. So uh, when this airs, the German uh, Freestyle Championships will be complete, and the Italian Open will be live on Frisbee Guru. Uh, then we have the Turnover Games coming up. We have the Whiff Diff uh, World Champions coming up, and then we have Freestyle FPA Worlds coming up. So it's just huge. There's so much jamming going on, so much fun to be had. I know, and we actually just wrapped up a bunch of fun tournaments, too. Jammers just completed. We had Virginia States that uh, also was just uh, finished. So, yeah, we are in full swing, and it's exciting to know that there's all the stuff going on over in Europe with the German championships, like you mentioned, and then we have the Italian Open, which is going to be live-streamed as well. So, you know, it's just really cool to kind of see this percolating up and the the growth. And like you mentioned, we also have Whiff Diff coming up, right? Yeah, totally. And uh, I wish that I could make it to the European tournaments, but I can't this year. But I will be going to Whiff Diff. And so I'm uh, very excited about our guest today. We're going to be talking to Jack Cooksey, who is hosting the Whiff Diff event. Um, Jack's been playing Frisbee for 41 years. He started with Ultimate, but he's a huge overall player. He's one of the best in the game. And he's actually got a huge interest in freestyle, too. So I want to welcome Jack Cooksey onto the call. Hey, Jack. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. I also want to say not only is Jack an awesome Frisbee player, but he is even a more awesome human being. And it's really a pleasure to bring him onto the show and be able to talk more about what's going to come up at WIFDIF. So with that, Jack, why don't you kind of give us an idea about what we might expect here coming up in Richmond? Well, I'm going to be really honest, and I'm a full disclosure kind of guy. So in Richmond, um, we're inland, and so it's kind of hot. We're in the South. We're at the top of the South in the United States. But we've got contingencies to kind of deal with that, particularly with regards to freestyle, which will happen on the last two days of the event. The event, you know, the WIFDIF overall event runs six days. So it's a Monday through Saturday event. And then we have freestyle prelims, which will be July 12th. That's a Friday um, in the afternoon. Um, we've put it kind of towards the end of the day so that if people... Um, who are downtown or getting off work and they've seen the marketing around town, they will come and they will see some awesome jamming. And then Saturday will be um, the day that we have the finals, of course. We've got two really good venues that are side by side. One is um, a really perfect kind of carpet of a field hockey field. Um, It doesn't have the ground rubber in it, you know, that we're used to when we play on turf. It's literally just a green carpet. And, um, and then if it's too hot or it's raining, right next door is this awesome big old gym. Um, it used to be the city auditorium back in you know the teens years, way back when, the other teens. And it's, uh, it's a really good venue. So we're kind of prepared for anything. Um, and that wasn't the case or hasn't been the case with all of the recent tournaments you know, that WIFDIF has had. So we've paid um, pretty close attention to that. 
Awesome. So it sounds like you really are focusing on freestyle. I know WIFDIF is an overall event, so it has... How many events are in WIFDIF, actually? There's seven different events, and then there's two pairs of events. So DDC is one, and then in WIFDIF, we um, we compete in freestyle as pairs. Okay. Oh, so it's and, only... Is it only open pairs at WIFDIF? Um, only open pairs. Okay. And that's a good question. And in case that is lost on anyone... Um, we wrestled with the decision early on because the scoring system for overall will actually handle co-ops, but um, I think people have become used to with diff events being um, mostly pairs. I personally really love to see and I love to play in a co-op team. Um, I love to watch co-op teams. I just think you know there's an exponential amount of creativity with that third person and not to diss pairs freestyle at all, but for me personally, it's just so much more satisfying to watch. Yeah, you know what was interesting, speaking of overall tournaments and how freestyle is done and as well as DDC, that you know there are these pairs events that really it's an overall tournament where you're trying to do your best as a person to win the overall title, one person. So you're kind of relying on your partners. But I know like the U.S. Open uh, recently, they experimented with doing like a solo. Yeah. Uh, so it's just one person. Uh, freestyling. And I thought that was a really interesting approach and, and idea. But maybe think about DDC. It's kind of hard to do DDC one-on-one, although that might be a really fun game as well. I oh, they think. did that you at know, that event. They did DDC one-on-one? It was They just had the teams change based on how you did in the competition. And so you had your own arc and your own points as an individual throughout the event. Yeah, they have a format that's called Escape, which is um, akin to King of the Court, if anybody has ever played that, where you play with every combination of player um, based on a seating. And the freestyle, I wish I had been at that tournament because that would have that that solo thing would have probably played more to my freestyle style. And that is because I play mostly alone. I'm used to self-setting both spins. I'm used to giving myself the entry angles that I want. And that's harder to get out of other people when you throw really good spin, both spins. Selfishly, that would have been good. But you know, my my you know thought about pairs events in an individual competition like overall is that there's an element of cooperativeness that really I think it determines what kind of player you are. Like your ability to be part of a team, you know, is that that interaction it's i'm glad that those are a part of overall even though it's just a weird mix yeah there's definitely a skill involved with being able to play with other people yeah uh, both in pairs and in co-op you know you have to know when is the right time to go big and keep it when is the right time to set it to your partner and know what your partner can take and uh, be able to dish it off though in a way that they can deal with it yeah, but there's the one part where it can skew it because some people can get better partners. And yeah. so it isn't so much about, oh, I have the ability and I can be a good teammate. Some people can get another partner who is really much better than other people can get. And so it can skew that in a way that, like, say, a decathlon in a track and field event where it really is you just you against the event. Yeah, my joke about overall is that there's actually eight events and the eighth event is horse trading. <laughs> because Just finding the best partner yeah. a lot of people shop for their partners based on the the points that they know that they can get um by playing with you know a dyed in the wool dedicated freestyler versus right. being an overall guy and um 
I've got mixed feelings on that, which I won't go into too deeply, but, um, you know, I generally, I generally try to stay with my level and I, and I play, I've been playing with pretty much the same partner for a while because I just like our chemistry. We don't rock the world as freestyle pair, but, um, but we just have good chemistry. We have fun out there. Um, we do our best. I feel like one day the magic will totally hit right. and, uh, <laughs> we'll make a whiff diff final. Well, who is <laughs> your partner? You Tom Cole. Tom Cole. Oh, well, yeah. you can't. Yeah, that's some great chemistry right there. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to, to trade out of that. So, yeah, you've you done some good horse trading with that one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's funny. You know, there's horse trading even in the freestyle world just in on its own. You know, that sort of plays out on a regular basis. So it's interesting to sort of navigate that whole world. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Jack, I wanted to ask you, so... Wiftiff's an overall event, and you were mentioning how some of the previous ones, they didn't focus so much on freestyle, but you're obviously focusing on freestyle big time. So why is that? Why I want freestyle to be a really good display event here. Um, we've got a demo. We've got like a demo. Well, actually, we have two demo events that will be incorporated. One is Jens Velasquez is going to run a speed flow, like a little sideline speed flow competition. It's not an official part of the WIFDIF event, but it's a demo event. You know, two players can get up there and do the speed flow format that um, that he's designed. And then um, on the second day, I think what we're going to have is X-Disc as one of our sponsors. So X-Disc, we're going to do some sort of freestyler um, directed, you know, kid competition for kids to get up and to use the X-Disc. And this is like all comers. Like if you show up with your kid, and your kid wants to try this, I think it's great because it's going to expose a lot of kids who just came to maybe watch and then they actually get to participate. That's the kind of stuff that I found when I was young and coming up, when I actually got a chance to meet the freestyler that I just saw, you know, do some heinous stuff. And they're teaching me how to tip the disc or how to to, to nail delay. So I'm thinking um, that's one thing. And, and the why of it is that, you know, I don't have a jam scene. This is the selfish part of it. I don't have a jam scene in this town. And I know that if I played with people, even brand new people, I would be a better jammer. Um, and that's kind of a final frontier for me as a Frisbee player. I used to be so heavily into freestyle when I was a kid. I would come home and I had a record player that had the portable, you know, the, the portable record player that had the two speakers. And I would put it in the front yard and I would put a vinyl record on. This is in my front yard. And I would come home and I would nail up and I would freestyle in my front yard to the point where the grass was bare. And I want to light that fire in other kids. Um, and also, Richmond has a good amount of kind of weird culture to it. So I think freestyle would do really well in Richmond. I think we could actually have a jam scene, but I think we need that um, intense spark of inspiration for people to come and say, dude, I want to do that. And then they come to the tournament table and say, where do I do that? And then I've got an email list that says, put your email right here and somebody will be in touch with you. So that's, that's kind of my, um, my little scheme with, with putting an emphasis on freestyle. Um, I also hope, you know, I hope some really good jammers show up and, and we're still kind of waiting for people to kind of come in under the wire, but, um, but things are lining up. Well, I love that. And I think one of the keys there, uh, you know, you want to have this event uh, have a legacy of being the seed, the start of 
the jam scene in Richmond and really it's going to be the follow-up. And I think that is the key. And I love that you're creating an email list that is something that can reach back out to folks. Cause I think that's one of the hard things is that once you see the spark in somebody is how do you keep that spark lit? Cause it's right. a long process, right? It isn't something all of a sudden like, Oh, after one day you can do it. You've got to have somebody to nurture you and mentor you. And so it'll be really cool to follow, to see where it goes um, and to see how it grows. And, um, and like kind of a, a prelude to that, is that I did have like a couple of um, ultimate players contact me last fall, like right before it got cold, which was kind of a shame. And they had seen Juliana Corver's videos on Facebook and had been following her. And so they went through the grapevine in Richmond and said, you know, where do I learn to do this? And somebody said, well, I mean, believe it or not, like I'm, I'm probably the best freestyler in Richmond, Virginia. And so somebody said, yeah, well then you need to talk to Jack. And so they came through to me and um, today we're doing a promo video for the tournament. We, we were, I was nailed up by 8.30 and we were doing some very basic freestyle you know, for video. But um, these two ladies were out there with me and they did their first live co-op with me. Uh, just, it was just a rim pass to a hoop, to a catch. Um, it'll look good on camera. And so you know, these are like my first kind of... Um, you know, my first folks to, to start to come into the fold and they're getting better. Like they go home and practice, you know, that is so exciting. Yeah. And that's the key really. Right. Cause you want to have one person tell another person and I'm going to date myself here. It's like the well of awesome commercial. One person <laughs> told another person, another person, another, and you want that growth to happen. Right. You want it to tell they told one person and they told another person. So right. that's cool that you've got two already. So maybe those two will turn into four and then into eight and yeah, be awesome to see it go. I think two is a good number as well, because it's really hard to be the only person who's learning a new skill. If you have a friend who's learning it with you, it's a, much easier to stay motivated when you've got somebody you're working with and kind of trying to keep up with and challenge each other. Yeah. <laughs> no. But yeah. this is such a cool story, because Randy and I talk about this all the time. The reason we do the podcasts, the reason that Frisbee Guru exists is because we're selfish. We want more freestylers to play with. We don't want the sport to die. We want to grow. We want to have more. Like, I would love to just go to a park, see some people jamming and have no idea who they are and go, hey, can I play with you guys? And that's my, that's my ultimate dream. And yeah. so you're doing the same thing. You're, you're chasing the same dream. And I'm glad that we can be here to help you. And uh, it'd be cool to follow up after the event and see how things went. My freestyle dream actually is I'm 52 years old, but I still think that I have some of my better freestyle ahead of me because my knowledge is so much better. My body is not as good as it was when I was 16, 18, 22, all that. But um, I've noticed by watching aging jammers, um, and that's not a pejorative when I say aging, I notice you know, there is a different temperament between when they were 25 and they were like, go hang or go home. Now they do these very subtle, masterful things that are so elegant and awesome. And they, and that's them showing their wisdom, like the depth of the years of having done this. And sometimes it's just the smallest, you know, great little accent of a move that I'm just like, I'm not sure that I could do that. You know, I would have to play a lot more years, but you know, my goal, and I remember standing on a street in Santa Cruz with Joey Hudaklin and we were talking about, you know, this kind of lifetime um, connection with Frisbee. 
and he and he was joking. He was like, "Dude, he's like, when I'm an old man, I'm still going to be doing this stuff. You just watch." And that's my goal. My goal is to be um, playing frisbee at seventy. And I see people freestyling well into their sixties right now, and it's kind of that lifetime, you know, spectrum. And so that's that's my goal. It, it doesn't have as much to do with competitive outcomes as much as it does um, being able to enjoy my life. And and I think freestyle is a really great expression of that, you know. Yeah, I echo that 100 million percent being a crusty old dude that I am, that it is a lifetime sport and that you kind of approach it so differently when you're younger. And then as you get older and you start to really understand the Frisbee more and, and your relationship to it, it becomes much more of a Zen quality and being able to just slow things down. Everything isn't moving as fast. And that's just kind of what happens with age in general. You just kind of are able to slow your experience down and make it a richer uh, fuller creation. You know, like you say, there's people playing into their 60s. I play regularly with Steve the Beast Hayes, who is like 72, and he still nice. rocks it. And he's yeah. going to rock it till he's 80, 90. And yeah, freestyle is a lifetime sport for sure. So let's go back to the uh, event itself. So you gave us some mm-hmm. information about the venue and you said it's open pairs. Um, how, yeah. how is the, what's the judging system? The judging system is a great question because um, I do not know. <laughs> um, and I actually meant to check on that before this um, conversation. Ryan Young is running, running freestyle with Jens as an assistant. And so literally I am leaving it in the hands of somebody that I think is really well equipped to do that. So um, that would be a better qu- question for Ryan. But he has been in contact with my competition manager, who is Sam Kay. And so it's one of those things where I had to delegate and trust that it is all being done well. And I trust both of those people, Ryan and Sam, um, implicitly by delegating to them. Um, so I'm, I'm waiting to see kind of what we come up with, but I'm assuming it's whatever the standard for FPA is right now. So it could be, so if Ryan's running it and he's using the tablets, I'm assuming he's going to use his tablets. It's either going to be the current FPA system or it'll be the experimental one that the judging committee is working on. Okay. But it's going to probably yeah. depend on the rules as to which one he can choose. I am I'm fine with either. Like I'm I'm totally fine with experimental and anything that kind of energizes the freestyle specialist is what I support because I would like to see a few more people show up who are freestyle specialists. Well, and the other advantage of showing up to WIFDIF for the freestyle specialists out there is that it's uh, it's a major, right? So you get more ranking points for WIFDIF than you do for other smaller events. Uh, so this is an opportunity to go get some points and get your rankings up before Worlds. Yes. All right, you freestylers out there, get yourself to Richmond because Jack is going to hunt you down if you don't. So get there. Okay. So Jack, let me ask you about the live streaming possibility. Mm-hmm. So we were talking a little bit about that on Facebook chat, but you were saying there may be another media group there. And so it may not be permissible. Is that, was that accurate or might I misunderstand? The deal is we just need to get, um, we need to make sure that we have the infrastructure that serves you, Okay. whether it's, whether it's indoors or outdoors. So that's kind of what the facilities managers there uh, okay. are working on. And there is going to be, um, there's going to be not streaming, but there's going to be, um, day-to-day rec- recap that is going to be running on WFDF's YouTube channel. So those will be five-minute like recaps, um, 
you know, with a lot of footage throughout the day um, and maybe some commentary. Um, and those will be done um, through WIFTIF. They actually um, are supporting some video through some of the sponsors. They've, they've worked with a, a, a handful of sponsors to get some of the video out there. So there will be that one bit of coverage that will, you know, we hope focus obviously on freestyle those last two days. And then um, it would be great to have Frisbee Guru there. And it's our job is to try to make sure that that happens. Perfect. So, and I bought my tickets, so I'm coming for sure. Ryan and I have already started talking about integrating the tablets that he'll be using at this event into the live stream so that all of the players' names and scores can be in the live feed. So oh. it's not done yet, but that's on the to-do list. So fingers crossed we'll be able to get it done by then. That's awesome sauce, as they say. I yeah. appreciate that. Indeed. And again, what are the dates of the the whiff dip of this tournament? Why don't you say oh. that again? Oh, yes. July 8 to 13 is the full tournament. And for freestylers, July 12 and 13 are the days to focus on. If you happen to get here by July 11th, that night we're going to have the Save the Children auction that we do with every tournament. And it supports this great nonprofit, this organization called Save the Children. So we sell a lot of Frisbee memorabilia to each other and then back to each other um, so that we can support this nonprofit. And that will be at a place called Champion Brewing, which is, um, it's downtown in Richmond. We, we are just, we are sick with craft breweries around this town. And, um, and this is just one of them. It's a real fun place and it'll be a good, it'll be a good place. If you're showing up into town, it'll be a great place to show your face. So that's great. So July 12th and 13th are the actual days that freestyle is happening. And then the overall events are happening the days before. We'll have some finals also that will fall in line with freestyle on the 12th and 13th. But the main events for those two days will be freestyle. Uh, well, are there any final things that you want to say to the folks out there? Uh, anything else you want to share about what to expect? What to expect? The weather is going to be hot because at the south, we can't change that. We're going to do our best to make it um, tolerable. And if it gets too hot, like if it legitimately gets too hot when freestyle has to happen, we've got the gym right next door. It's a great facility. If you show up and you register, you get full use of this really sweet gym. It's a huge gym, including a hot tub. I mean, and it's a big hot tub. It would fit a lot of jammers. So, you know, you'll have something to kind of to soothe your weary body uh, from the travel and the jamming um, when the day is done. So, yeah, that's it. Well, Jack, thank you so much for joining us and sharing this with uh, the audience out there. I think it's going to be a, an amazing event. It sounds great. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it. So I'm going to have to enjoy it on the live stream, which I will be definitely tuning into. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the energy that you're putting in to make it happen. And uh, it's just super exciting that you're sharing this. Yeah. Thank you, Randy. And uh, And you can't see it on the podcast, but it's a big frown face that you're not going to be here. I'm going to miss you mainly because I'm seeing you play. It's always, it's always great to watch the routines that you come up with. So I really appreciate um, the opportunity to kind of, to speak out through um, shooting the Frisbees. It's been awesome. It's been our pleasure. Thanks for joining us, Jack, and I'll see you very soon. And on that note, Jake, I will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. 
Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, Shooting the Frisbees, and live streaming freestyle frisbee.